Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. I want to drop a message in about what a follower is. And I mentioned this this morning, and I think it needs to be understood what happens when you get saved. Do you want to know about that? So let me try and explain to you from, a, from the scripture. Now let's go back to Jesus. He's calling the disciples, Andrew, Peter, James, and John. He's on a mission now. And he's rounding up the disciples, not rounding up, but he's calling them. Just like he called you and I, we can say yes or no. Listen, another thing I just would like to say, the tragedy in Melbourne, the young lady, you you know it. I don't even want to talk about the details. The people came out this morning and, and literally, I don't know what it is about this tragedy, But tens of thousands of people came out this morning and marched the streets in protest of that horrible murder. I don't know what's moved the hearts. There's murders all the time in Australia. But this particular incident, I think maybe because the girl was, was just like the driven snow. She was pure and she was innocent and she was, you know, just people somehow struck a chord in people's hearts especially in Melbourne. And so they came out this morning, they had to section off police the streets and, and they, they, tens of thousands of people marched the streets in protest. They did a, pro, a peace protest and they said, we don't want this in our city. We're not going to stand for this in this city. We're coming against this in our city and we're declaring we're not going to take it. Enough is enough. And for me, that's a, that's a natural event. But the Bible says in Corinthians... First the natural, then the spiritual. There's sometimes spiritual shifts, things, events that happen that typify, like Pastor Phil Pringle prophesied, he prophesied years ago, and the weatherman said it could not happen that when the Warragamba Dam would overflow, that's when another revival would happen. That's what Pastor Phil said in a meeting, in a spirited meeting like this. The weatherman's on record, unfortunately his name's uh, Flannery, Sorry, Frank. But the weatherman, whose name someone Flannery, said it will never overflow again, Warragamba Dam. It will never overflow again. Well, guess what? I don't know how long ago. Was it four or five months ago? The Warragamba Dam overflowed again. So Phil Pringle's prophecy has been fulfilled and it has begun. There is an outpouring beginning in Australia again. I believe it to be true. There's an outpouring. This incident in Melbourne, again, is proof to me and a sign to me that Aussies can be moved. Very hard to move Aussies towards God. It's a miracle you're saved. And you should be thanking God that you're in church tonight. You should be thanking God that you even understand that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's no easy thing to confess Jesus Christ is Lord. You know that some people cannot confess Jesus Christ is Lord. They've got devils on them and they've got unbelief. They've got strongholds 
and they can't even confess. I've seen people who have who tried to conf- get them to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and they've, they've manifested and, and they've... It's a horrible thing. You've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. Praise God. You should thank God for that. You're saved. In getting saved, so let's go to this scripture. I don't want to be too late tonight because we've had such a full message already. But can I just have that, um, please? Thank you. This is Jesus. Okay. He's, now he's walking through Galilee and he says, come. Hang on. Back it up, please. Sorry. He says, sorry. Now, come follow me. Now, that word follow Hang on, that word follow in Greek, I'm not going to even try and pronounce that word. It's, it's a doozy. But that word follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. That word follow means it has two connotations. When Jesus said follow me, it has two major connotations. One is this. Come follow me as an influential leader, as an influence in your life, and I will, I, I will give you the privilege to have a deep relationship with me. Now, this is what happened in those Bible times. The rabbi in the synagogue, in the local villages and towns, the rabbi knew the Torah, he knew the Old Testament, and he knew the Word of God, and he knew the purposes and plans of God. And that rabbi would want to please God and was pleasing God And all that God wanted to do in that time, that rabbi knew how to please God. Now, the young man, if he saw that rabbi and that rabbi had that effect on him, that that rabbi had the effect of, wow, I want to know what he knows. I want to know how close he wants, how close he knows God. I want to know what, what, you know, makes him who he is. If that young man wanted that, he would go to the rabbi and he would ask permission and he would attach himself to the rabbi and he would learn all that the rabbi knew. That young, that young disciple would serve that rabbi, serve, we're talking about serving. Garth was going to preach that tonight, but I want him to preach it next Sunday morning. One of the key things is when you get saved is that God turns you inside out and you serve God, your friends, humanity, your mom and dad. You cannot be saved and and mature in God and not serve. I said that last week. Being a mature believer, being a leader in the church, a leader in God's kingdom is about serving. Jesus didn't come to be served, he said, but I come to serve. The washing of the disciples' feet in the upper room the last night before he was arrested is a powerful, I want to preach that too, is a powerful thing, a powerful declaration of what we yeah. are supposed to do for each other. Yeah. I would wash one of your feet right now, just as an illustration, just to prove. Because, <laughs> well, get this, Jesus is not just speaking about doing a mundane task of washing feet. There's a message within that story. Yeah. And the message is this, when they walk through the streets with sandals, with no socks, 
they would collect all the dung of animals, the dirt, the sweat. It's all on there. They come into the house and typically the lowest servant in the house would wash the feet. So, okay, so we'd go, let's take this church back 2,000 years ago. We've all come in, we all had sandals on. We all walked the streets to get here. We've walked through crap and we've walked through stuff and it's on our feet and really... It's a proper custom for our feet to be washed. And the lowest servant in the house would just out of a sense of duty, wash our feet. Wash our feet. Now Jesus is is trying to tell us something there. But guess what happens? Nobody moved, by the way. I mean, there wasn't probably a servant in that house. They were in a house that that probably didn't have a servant. But you know what Jesus did? He He just... He just blew them away by stepping up and, and beginning to do that custom of washing people's feet. And, Jesus, and the disciples said, man, you know, we should, no, you don't, you don't wash our feet. You're the, you're the, you're the you know, you're the, you're the Lord, you're Lord. You don't wash our feet. If I don't wash you, he said, you have no part of me. So when we come to church, we get washed. When you come to church... We wash you. Julie washed some people tonight by the word of God, prophetic. He says, if I don't wash you, you have no part of me. Meaning that if I don't cleanse you of your sin every day, when you come in from the, uh, the, the, the storms of life, when you come in from you know, your life, if you don't come in, every day we should be washed, by the way. Who has a shower every day? Please do. Do that, would you, for me, please. Um, you should wash every day. 1 John 1 9. He's quick to forgive and quick to cleanse us by his blood. Amen. So when they came in, they needed to be washed. Jesus said, I need to wash you. Peter said, Wash me all. You don't need to be completely washed. You don't have to get saved all over again, Jesus said. No, you just need the parts of your life to be washed that need to be washed. So when we come into the house, you get washed. How? This is it. This is my message. Well, I'm just getting this on the run. We, the ministry, we, the ministry, we turn in on ourselves. When the, the world won't get a handle of this, but the spiritual version of church is when we come together, we serve each other, we love each other with our brother's keeper, we love on each other. There's, the Bible says a lot about when the church comes together that we encourage each other. Don't forsake the gathering of the saints. Hebrews chapter 11, thereabouts were. Um, and it talks about when we come together, sing spiritual songs over each other. You're not going to get me spirit, singing a spiritual song, have you? But, but a psalm song. But listen, let, let's, let's, let's get, okay, let's do a, let's do a, a Baptist model. And not, not a, because a Pentecostal would sing over you. But we've got some Baptists in the house tonight. And that might just simply say, hey, buddy, look, man, man, just, Bill, I've just been thinking about you this week. You know what? You've been doing all right. You know, God, just put me on your heart, my heart. And, and you know what? You know, the Lord loves you and the Lord's with you. And you know what? That stuff you're going through, God's good. You know, he's going to get you through it. And just that alone can wash his feet. I just washed his feet. I just washed his feet. You know what I mean? So, so we all need that. We all need washing. Whether it comes by the preaching of the word, which I'm supposed to be doing now, or, or Julie prophesying, or, or Jamie Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, people getting washed in that. 
you're getting washed of your sins. Isn't that right? Church is a powerful time to come to a place of being washed, but we need servants to do it. If we just sit around and just expect it, you know, it'll all happen, because we need 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says we're all parts of the body. You know, the big forearm of Ollie, we need that. But we need the little finger. Uh, I'm not going to pick on any of the guys. We, we, we need all the parts. And the Bible says in that, in that whole chapter, it says, if you're just the little finger, or if you're the forearm, or you're the calves. Or the liver. Or the, or the liver. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're the liver, we want you in the house. Hang on, someone's missed that. The Bible says we're a body. And that you are parts of the body. And that wherever you belong in your church, you are a part of that body. You are not a separate entity. You are not a, 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 a forearm just walking around. Look at me. Wow, look at... Wow, che- Did you just see that? I just saw a forearm. Just, I don't know. Who is he connected to? I don't know. He, he goes from here to there. He's, he's in this church, out that church. Uh, you know, but no, we're supposed to connect, stand up, as the body of Christ, and we're supposed to minister out to each other, but back out to our suburbs and our community. And the Bible says, if you even only have a, a minute part to play, if you just clean our toilets, praise God, you are important. Nobody is less. Every part is important. There was this story when I was a kid that it was bandied around. I believed it for a little while, back in the late 60s or something. And someone said, you don't need... Oh, this was the evolution thing. That's right. They, they, there was this evolution thing. said, you don't need your little toe. Actually, in years to come, maybe by the 70s, who knows, uh, you know, that, that, that you won't have your little toe. That the evolution of the human body, because it's, you know, it's on a journey, you won't need your little toe. And I went, wow. <laughs> wow. Don't need the little toe, the poor little buggies. <laughs> man, you know, I've got no qualms with it, man. It can hang around, man. <laughs> Please don't take my little toe. <laughs> really affected me, that. <laughs> then I got saved, of course. <laughs> and I still got my little toe. <laughs> the, other, the other connotation, and I just want to just get this couple of points, and that's it, I'm done. It's talking about a true follower of Jesus Christ. I mentioned the, you know, the calling of the word follow. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Matthew 4, 19 to 21. Indicates a person who so longed to know the right way to live that he initiated a relationship with the local rabbi knowing the rabbi was the very epitome of God's truth about life as expressed through the Torah. So this, this rabbi knew the Word of God. Knew the Word of God. And these young sons would say, man, I want to know what he's on. I want to know what's going on in his heart towards God. I want to know God, but I need to submit myself to this spiritual leader and, and, and develop a relationship and, and serve him and begin to understand. And the followers would attach themselves to the local rabbi, sit at his feet, serve him, watch him intently, and see 
by following him to go where their longings for life in God's way could be satisfied. Like Christ, our desire is to know him and experience him. We were built for a relationship with God. But I said that there were two connotations to following. Growing a deepening relationship is one. Listen to that, guys. If you're a follower of Jesus, one of the things that, one of the key issues about your life, Jason, if you were back there 2,000 years ago and you were following a rabbi, that people would see you busy about your relationship with the rabbi. You would be talking about him. You would be learning from him. You would be just, you know, it would be about a, a very profound relationship between you and the rabbi. Him instructing you, you serving him, and getting, and, and getting to know who God was through this man. The second thing was to a radical reformation because of the influence of that rabbi. A radical reformation. You're getting this? That when we follow Jesus, the two profound things that happen when Jesus says to you, follow me, is this. A deepening relationship with God through Jesus. Okay, it's not like if I say the prayer, I'm bound for heaven. Who's Jesus? I don't know who he is. Oh, yeah, I've said his name, but... You know, okay, he lived 2,000 years ago. Yeah, he did some miracles, I guess. He's living at the right hand of God now. Yeah, I, yeah I'm not sure who he is, but look, I just said that magic word, man, and I'm bound for glory, and I'm part of the church, and I'm, you know. No, it doesn't work like that. The Bible actually says, depart from me. I never knew you. Oh, oh, shouldn't have said that. You've got to know Jesus. And when he said, when he said to you and I, follow me, he's saying, Come follow me and get to know me. How do you get to know him? There's a couple of ways. Simply, and I, I haven't got time to go into it, but there's a couple of ways to cultivate your heart to know him. First one, open the door of your heart. Revelations 3.20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Jesus is like standing... At, the, at your spiritual house, <laughs> knocking. Have you ever ignored anyone who's come to your house and yeah. you knew who they were? You were What's the matter? The Mormons are out the front. <laughs> Jamie comes through the house, coming! No! <laughs> okay, quickly. When... This scripture is talking about knocking on the door of your heart and Jesus said, I will come in and, and dine with you, meaning in, back in those days, if you were to come to my place, that it would be a very personal, privileged occasion of having some real face-to-face, -face, real deep, meaningful talk. And Jesus is saying, I'm nearly done, guys. Jesus is saying, can I come in? Forget the, forget the guises, forget, the, the, forget all that the stuff, the, you know, forget all that. Forget, forget all that, all that pretense and stuff like that. Can I come in to meet the real you? Oh, hang on. Now, that's why some people rather religion, because it's a good buffer zone be between them and God. Do you know that? That some people are offended by this type of church because we actually speak to the people? Whereas re religion waxes lyrical about religious things. And people go, yeah, wow. It's all out there, yeah. 
And when we speak to the people directly, some people get unsettled by it. Some people, I've seen it, I'm a preacher and I've seen it many times, where maybe someone who comes from an Anglican church or, or so, if we're not, not, a, not a Baptist church, never. But actually, some of us like religion between us. But you know what? Jesus wants to come in to your world. He wants to come in. And guess what? He wants to rearrange the furniture. Guess what? He wants to clean out the attic. He wants to do the drains, clean the drain. Now, he wants to put an extension on. He said, you know what? We could make this house bigger. No, God, I'm happy just like this. No, he said, you know what? Man. You got a good, you got a good parcel of land here. You know what we could do with you? We could, we could, man, we could, we could triple the size of your spiritual house. You know what? I think the Holy Ghost showed me some plans about what He wants to do in your personal life. You got an awesome destiny, man. Do you know what? And I've seen those plans stamped by the Council of Heaven, and He's about to put an extension on your life. He's about to double, triple the size of your house. He's going to put an ensuite on. He's going to put a guest room in. He's going to put an entertainment room in, man. So you can be like Matt, man. He's going to have the best entertainment room, man. Bam, champ, bam, chin, man. It's going to be awesome, man. Someone's going to have a beautiful foyer. Someone wants a beautiful foyer. You're going to welcome people into, your, into Jesus. You're just going to have a door that's open and there's, there's just this beautiful foyer. There's just something about your life. You've got hospitality happening. Your house. Some people like putting meals on. You're going to have this incredible kitchen, man, like a commercial kitchen. You can put meals on. Some of us are going to have this beautiful lounge room. It's like a private setting where you can sit down and just, you know, just speak to people just so, just quietly and stuff and there's many rooms in your houses that God wants to explore. And there's many. It's a palace. And a lot of us are living in shacks. And so, Father, tonight I just pray this. That you would be patient with us, Lord God. That you would be patient with us. He will work through the issues in a patient and persistent partnership until the air starts to clear with the purity and the power and the pleasure of his presence. Let's all stand, God bless you. So Father, tonight, right now, as we stand in this house, we open the door of our, would you just do that right now? We open the door of our heart in this church. Search me, O oh God. Can I have the Psalm 139, verse 23, just as a last thing we do here tonight? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Two, pursue him. Relationships are built on communication and closeness. My water. Three, put him his right place make it your heart's desire that he's at the center of everything you do don't let self money success friends pleasure power position usurp his place at the center of your life four be where he is don't wallow in your self-pity meeting with faith acts of love justice mercy he's working all over the place he's doing great stuff he wants to use you but meet him 
where he's meeting out love, justice, mercy, mercy, humility, forgiveness, and righteousness. Why don't you meet him where he's ministering to your friend? Why don't you meet him right there where he's ministering to your friends and family? And I said this morning, a little girl, Sally, lay awake in her room, afraid of what might be lurking in the dark. Her father came into her room several times to tell her that the Lord was there with her and that she had nothing to fear. Finally, in desperation, she replied to her dad's theology, I know, but I want something that has skin on it. And I quoted this statement, What a change we would see in the fellowship of believers if we would all commit ourselves to being His hands, His feet, His heart, and His voice to those around us. Wouldn't it be awesome? So Father, we want to be Your hands and Your feet. We want to be Your voice to all the people that, Lord, You privilege us to come to glance and to come along and Jesus right now let's with hands held up right now Lord God I open the door of my heart that you would come in I want to know you more profoundly and deeply I want you to Lord reform my life perform miracles in my life to cleanse me to heal me to bless me to set me free where you can occupy my life and flow through my life and minister through my life for the sake of my friends and family I give you my life, Jesus. I give you the desires of my heart. I give you my will. I serve you in these days, Lord, in these last days. I want to serve you well. I want to flow the Holy Ghost ministry of life and love to a hurting, needy generation. Young people, I'm talking to you. Your friends need you on fire and in love with God and knowing God, understanding God. And as you do, God will give you the words to speak. You will just open your mouth and you will speak words. You will bless them with encouragement. You will bless them with hugs. You will bless them with a, with a tangible response because you've got God in you, on you, and through you. And God is ministering even right now to you that you may be filled of the Spirit, anointed by God to minister this week, this week, in Jesus' name. I release you in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, there it is. There it is. There it is, right now. Right now. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.